Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for May 7th, 2023, the fifth Sunday of Easter in year A. And we are coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. Bruce, how are you doing tonight? I'm a live person. I'm not an AI replacement. Sound That sounds very accurate. Uh, 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 Thank so. you, Mr. Payton. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, but yeah, uh, May 7th, uh, we are in a new month. We are um, midway, a little, well, a little over midway through. Yeah. Uh, uh, our, We're our on the home Easter stretch through Easter. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, um, but a uh, lot of things. And it's racing month. Oh, that's true. It is racing month. Uh, that, that does occur a little later on this uh, this month. Uh, so, oh, but the homes are being decorated with checkered flags and beer signs and all sorts of stuff. It's kind of interesting to drive around the region. Yeah, it uh, we, we we do get uh, we do get festive for uh, yeah for, for racing. Uh, not quite my cup of tea, but you know no. what? Uh, that's quite okay. It's a uh, it is it I is actually, still a fun time. I like the Frolderall and really have not not much interest in actually walking into the you know, racetrack and sitting down and watching. <laughs> no, but if you are a people watching kind of a person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it is. It is a thing. Um, yeah. Uh, so, but uh, um, we're not about that. We're not about no. people watching. That wouldn't be. We're, uh, we're about long silences and deep prayer. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. A hundred percent. But uh, but yeah, it, what we are about is uh, lots of things going on at the church. Uh, yeah. We have a, a decent number of things going on this week. We have uh, this Friday, we've got um, a couple of things going on Friday evening uh, at the church. We've got a, a, like a, a thing going on for, we've got our, our regular uh, game night. Uh, which is uh, board games and card games and whatever all you want to bring, and that starts at seven o'clock. Uh, Bruce, there's also kind of a thing going on for for the kids at like what six, like the 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 youth group at six uh, yeah. at the church. What, tell us about that. They're, they're they're doing a movie night in their in the youth group room, and also uh, the ceremonial adding of their handprints to oh, the yeah. wall in the youth room, where for you know better than I how many years those handprints go back. Uh, um, I wouldn't say I know because years float. You by. have a better chance of knowing. <laughs> many, many years. Uh, I think. Yeah. I think at least a decade. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Um, so the, the, that'll be part of the evening. Was put was pla- is placing their handprints on that and just generally having a good time together. Yeah. Yeah. So that'll be that'll be really exciting. And then uh, is is this coming Sunday our last fifty uh, three and a third. Yes. Yes, okay. it is. Okay. And Joel has promised us a more varied musical selection. Usually uh, we have been listening to both sides of a um, 33 and a third album. This mm-hmm. time he's going to be playing various tracks that from different albums that he thinks uh, form a spiritual unity that will be really inspiring. And he, cool. doesn't, he hasn't explained what it is, but we do get a play the DJ experience Ooh. yeah um, so dangerous we get to, yeah <laughs> very very dangerous uh, I, I don't know if i should bring my moth the hoople album or what but. <laughs> i i think the answer to that is yes i think it is yes i think, I think so um but as usual i'll be there and be ready for the experience and enjoy it deeply very good very good well, but on saturday morning Oh, that's the, right. The flower sale. Yeah, things continue. For 9 a, or Yeah. Um, so Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., mm-hmm. we'll have all sorts of flowers. They'll be hanging baskets suitable for gifting maternal figures in lives. There'll be flats of garden flowers. There'll be herbs. I think there'll be vegetables. I'm not sure what the final order turned out to be, but it's a... Very impressive selection, good prices. The proceeds 
uh, do support Holy Family. So bring your friends and neighbors and and we take credit cards and all that good stuff. So it, it's an easy, fun experience. Yeah, it, it uh, very much looking forward uh, to that. Uh, lo- I've got lots of uh, lots of needs uh, for um, for my garden, so I'm looking forward to yeah, spending fill in all those the dead money. Spots. <laughs> Going to spend all the money on, uh, on on Saturday. So, and what better way to follow the prayerful witnessing of the coronation of King Charles the Second? Nah, who cares? Than go- oh, than sorry. Going I- to a church, <laughs> going to a church flower sale. <laughs> I'm sorry. I said that out loud. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Uh, um, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. The King of England. We, we care about that. Um, anyway, uh, speaking of uh, what could potentially be uh, entries about the King of England, who knows? Uh, let's move over to our uh, um, This Day in Church History. Let's see if we have any kingly entries. Um, yes. Uh, our first entry comes from 1274, uh, and that is the... That was a long dead period in Christianity then. Uh, as far as like from, uh... From zero to 1200? Yeah, you know what? Sometimes the record's just spotty, uh, and you just don't know. You you don't have it's good stuff. Spring, people took, you know, the spring break for Christians or something. I don't know. That's very possible. That, that post-Easter letdown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, uh, you know, when, when you come back, uh, uh, you know, maybe, yeah. another, maybe another month, we just have, like, yeah, all they, the they put their They put their feet up for a couple of weeks, and then they go out and burn heretics that <laughs> are later called martyrs. Shh, don't give it away. Don't give it away. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um. Yeah, let's start here in 1274. Let's see if anybody, uh, let's see if your uh, uh, prognostications are correct here. Uh, the Second Council of Lions, uh, I'm sure it's probably like Leon's, but uh, I'm I'm uh, American, and so that's how you pronounce it, uh, convenes with the goal of reunifying the Roman and Greek churches attended by approximately 500 bishops. It is ultimately unsuccessful because although Orthodox delegates agree to recognize the papal claims and recite the creed with a with the filio q clause quay quay dang it yeah <laughs> uh, you know what no that's not you know part what? of it you know what bruce i'm american so it's filio q <laughs> uh, uh <laughs> recite the creed with the filio quay clause um, uh, so even though they agree to all that the union is fiercely rejected by the majority of the Orthodox clergy and laity. So pretty much everybody who wasn't there didn't agree with yeah. what they agreed to. Uh, I, my favorite part of that story is the bishop saying, yeah, we have this worked out. What do you guys think? <laughs> we think you're all done here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're, no more, no more work for them. Call it quits. We're all done. We're good. You guys are never going to France again. <laughs> Trip revoked. Um, uh, 1420. It just, it just oh, sounds really nicely Episcopalian to me. <laughs> it does. It does. Um, uh, 1429, we see Joan of Arc leading the final charge, ending the siege at, of Orléans. Uh, reportedly, after pulling an arrow from her own shoulder, which makes me shudder, uh, the victory marks a turning point in the Hundred Years' War. However... However, it did it did ruin her fast pitch softball career? Yes, yes. <laughs> it uh, just it just <laughs> has to be said. <laughs> a real shame too. She could have gone pro. Yeah. She, um, she, well, I mean, she certainly could have, you know, beaten Great Britain that year <laughs> in softball. But right, had the shoulder injury. <laughs> oh goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 1508, uh, we see the death of Nihilus of Sora, a Russian monastic leader who advocated small monastic groups rather than huge monasteries and insisted each monk support himself by useful labor, among which was the copying and correcting of old manuscripts. He also advocated mercy towards heretics. Um, Hooray! Although, I, I, I don't know, maybe his version of mercy was uh, copying and correcting old manuscripts, so maybe... Wasn't as that merciful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> could have been. 
could have been a few people who were like, you know what? I'll take the, you know, burned at the stake. Thank you. Yeah. I've, I've had enough of copying the book of Leviticus 18,000 times for you. <laughs> right. Give me death. Yes. <laughs> um, um, but I'm sure he was a, a, a sweet old monk. Um, but uh, Sounds like a great ideas, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 1823, Russian Orthodox Bishop John Vyanaminov, uh, who is also apparently known as Saint Innocent, Innocent of Alaska, um, uh, departs from Irkutsk for Alaska, where he will do notable missionary work and translate portions of the Bible into several indigenous languages. He will later serve as, and I didn't, I, I didn't know this was a title, but Metropolitan of Moscow. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that means he was the Bishop of Moscow. It's the why don't they just almost, say Bishop? Because there are multiple bishops, um, okay. but the Metropolitan is the head bishop. In our tradition, we'll call it the diocesan bishop. Bruce, I'm American, so I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, call him the, the diocesan. That's the comedy of... rule of three. I'm all done. I'm all done. Uh, <laughs> um, so stupid okay. international god, <laughs> right? I mean, come on, be be American, like you know, like we want you to be. Um, well, I'm sure Americans are still amazed that a guy who hung out in Alaska was called the Innocent. Yeah, yeah, no, I, yep. I get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I lost my place. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, <go ahead. laughs> I thought I, I left you speechless. <laughs> I, yeah, you did. You I guess sure okay. Did. I I apologize for that tacky joke about a bishop. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Uh, at 1848, I found my place. Uh, 1848, while visiting Scotland, Tayo Soga is baptized. He will become a great South African preacher. Um, Eleven years later, 1859, Guido Verbeck and other missionaries sail from the United States for the Orient, where Verbeck will become famous for his educational and translation work in Japan and will eventually be honored by the Japanese with the Order of the Rising Sun, which is pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, despite... Though, <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. The, at from that point um, until World War II, actually, the Episcopal Church was the strongest Christian body in Japan. Really? Excuse yeah. Me. That was a hiccup. Yeah. Um, it, 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 the the you know, some of it has to do with a heavy influence of British economic, cultural, and military power in. Um, the South Pacific, mm-hmm. but we sent a lot of Episcopal clergy and lay people to be missionaries and help start congregations and things like that. Um, and those congregations flourished until the Tojo military dictatorship came into power and anything Western was shut down and the, you know, leading into the, at the beginning of World War II. Huh. Really? That's yeah. Kind of... Mm-hmm. That's kind of wild. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah, cool. they're fascinating books written about that that whole dynamic. Very cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, 1889, Catherine Drexel becomes a postulant with the Sisters of Mercy in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where she prepares to found an congregation to serve African American and Native American people who are oppressed by discrimination and dire poverty. Pro- Goodness, poverty, dire poverty. Being, I can't being read poor. That. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll email you the Greek that we're about to look at. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Man. Um, but uh, but yeah. So that that was kind of cool. Uh, uh, postulant. Uh, I had to look this up. A candidate for acceptance into a religious order. Okay, so she she was just a candidate uh um um but that's the that's the event <laughs> that took place this is going to drive you nuts but actually candidate is the level above postulant in the process of becoming Interesting. yeah <laughs> thanks a lot google search uh <laughs> it goes you, li- you, you, you start out <laughs> you start out as an aspirant you become if you're allowed to go forward postulant then candidate then ordinand, and then deacon or priest or monk or nun. Huh. Depending on where you're ending up. 
Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Useless information for <laughs> anyone else. That's all right. I'm kind of I'm kind of a useless guy, uh, so that's that's quite all right. I like it. Um, uh, let's see here. Our final entry here for today comes from uh, 1946. William Bear, uh, William Marion Branham, who becomes a faith healer in 1946, will later claim that on this day, May 7th, he received an angelic visitation commissioning his efforts. He will make many other controversial claims of contact with God and angels as the years go on and will eventually declare himself to be the end-time Elijah foretold in prophecy. So, ego. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying, how many decades ago was that? And how, how'd that work out for you? <laughs> uh, too recent, honestly, in my opinion, <laughs> for that to... Because, uh, geez... Uh, I mean, well, that that was a time in American history when we were overflowing with religious nutcases and people were staying on mountaintops and bedsheets because they thought a certain date was going to be when the world ended. Sure. He's he's one of literally hundreds of these kinds of folks. Yeah, during yeah. during that time, and and they're still around internationally too. Yeah. That's 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 unfortunately true. Um, yeah, I, I just I, my my heart does not go out for people like <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and that that okay. Since I'm very um, very much think God is very loving, forgiving, accepting. This is another one of those I would like to be a resort, you know. Uh, Fly in heaven on the wall when this guy hit the pearly gates. Right. <laughs> and he's like, wait, it, it's only me? <laughs> it's like, yeah, everyone else is still down there. <laughs> but, but the plan. The plan. The, are we not? Is it? <laughs> let, let, let me show you the miniature golf course. And I'll explain things to you. <laughs> so anyways, yeah. William Marion Branham. WMB. Uh, uh, so, uh, wow, what a character. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, let's move on to something, uh, you know, maybe hopefully a, a, a little less uh, full of themselves. Uh, let's move on to our readings. Ooh, you jinxed it. Oh, did I jinx it? Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, let's find out. Um, uh, our first reading, as have been the past few weeks, uh, instead of coming from the Old Testament, come from the book of Acts. This one comes from chapter 7, verse 55 through 60, and it reads, But filled with the Holy Spirit, he gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they covered their ears and with a loud shout all rushed together against him. They dragged, then they dragged him out of the city and began to stone him, and the witnesses laid their cloaks at the feet of a young man named Saul. While they were stoning Stephen, he prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then he knelt down and cried out in a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. When he had said this, he died. Um, well, my first question was answered uh, there by verse 59. Who was talking? Who who was doing all of this? And this is Stephen. Uh -huh. So this is the stoning of Stephen. Um, and <clears throat> is this all still taking place in Jerusalem? Is this like yeah. where? So literally just like, are we to believe like days later uh, from going from hearing these individuals speak in tongues all in their own language and this uh wild uh, amazing thing that took place now all he does is say hey look uh the heavens are open and i see the son of man standing at the right hand of, the, of god and and uh all right you gotta go you know can't have can't have people saying that like i i, I feel a little disconnect here what's going on well t time had passed since okay. pentecost and of course we'll just make it more confusing by celebrating pentecost and a handful of sundays from now but <laughs> anyway the um apostles mm -hmm. were getting their feet under themselves so to speak and were beginning to preach about who jesus was and the resurrection and they were performing miracles and folks were being amazed people who objected to them started to mutter and 
mm-hmm. um, but where it really got hairy was the story of Stephen, who had just been introduced to the narrative at the um, beginning of chapter seven. I'm sorry, chapter six, um, as one of the, the those appointed to take care of the widows and orphans, um, because he was a holy person of God. Mm-hmm. Um, and then presumably Luke begins to preach truth rather than history by, by having Stephen be confronted by various people, a group of various people. They're from, not just from Jerusalem, but they're in Jerusalem. And he talks about who Jesus was and it's sort of like the road to Emmaus story at the beginning, which is also from Luke of the scriptures being opened. So, and people can't, um, contradict him because he's preaching so accurately and moving their hearts again, like road to Emmaus. Mm -hmm. So then what do you do? You kill him. (laughs) It's, um, he, he gets a very, very long set of speeches mm-hmm. that fill 50 verses. And then suddenly the uh, some portion of the people who had been witnessing all this grab him, take him out of town, and beat the crap out of him. Um, and st- stone him to death. Hmm. So, so one of the problems here historically is... We learned in the Gospels that the people couldn't do this. That only the Romans could execute folks or right. or kill someone on the spot. Mm-hmm. So that makes it a little bit um, in terms of did this historically actually happen. But it was true in that this was a big... Um, this was a, a, an example for Christians as to what their lives were going to be like and what they should be prepared to do mm-hmm. of speak in the way that Jesus spoke. The spirit will give you what you need and you may end up being martyred. Okay. Yeah. Ta-da. yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, what about this? uh throwaway well i shouldn't say throwaway line but there's this kind of like subtle line here about uh cloaks at the feet of a young man named saul is this a saul that 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 we will come to know better later is this one and the same yes name that saint uh Uh. yeah okay interesting so this that's a pretty subtle (laughs) that's a pretty subtle intro to paul yeah, and of course, part of what will happen in a handful of chapters is a description of Paul's. Well, basically, Luke says the killing of Stephen fired up a bunch of persecutions against people who were followers of Christ. Mm, okay, and you know, we've talked about so many times before in the days after well years after jesus's resurrection folks who followed christ still worshiped in the temple and in synagogues they were considered jewish by everyone um and so luke starts to describe uh separating between these two groups which probably is a little premature in terms of when it actually happened but it did eventually happen uh and Saul is described as being in the center of the this persecution. Uh, so in, in Paul's own letters, which are older than the account that Luke has written down, he does say that he was the one of the most enthusiastic persecutors of the followers of Christ. So in that way, yeah, that 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 piece is both historically and meaningly meaningly meaningfully true. Um, but it all, it all fires up with, um, Saul standing there guarding the cloaks as everyone works up a sweat, killing Stephen. Huh. 
Interesting. Um, we also have this uh, mirror uh, of mm-hmm. of uh, yeah. the crucifixion here. Um, right. Uh, you know, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit is very much like, a, you know, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Exactly. Um, uh, and then, you know, do not hold this sin against them, you know, is yep. very similar to Lord, forgive them for they know not what they do. Yeah, it's a and definite then, callback to the crucifixion in Luke. Yeah, and then he dies. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, why? But why, though? I mean, I'm kind of curious why, in that, um, I don't recall. There, there, there are more uh, uh, apostles that, that that die in in the Book of Acts, aren't there? No. Um, Oh no! Okay, all right. Well right. then, never mind. That probably answers my okay. question. Okay. <laughs> um, because I was going to say I I don't unless uh, um, well I was going to say like I, you know I'm not sure why Stephen gets this kind of special treatment in a way uh, of uh, uh, literarily. Yeah, he, um, yeah, he's the first Christian martyr. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously Jesus is not a Christian martyr. He's the savior, but he, yeah, he, was, he, he is, was, he is the Christian, <laughs> right? <laughs> He's the OG. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Stephen's the, f- the first person t- to be killed because of, um, following Christ and not being willing to, uh, turn away from that. Okay. Okay. And so that, that sets the pattern for the rest of Christianity. I mean, history of Christianity. Yeah, unfortunately true. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and the nice thing is that you know, he, he really, Stephen really is elevate the kind of death that Christ suffered, mm-hmm. um, which had a fantastic result. So, you know, it's not a meaningless death to die in the name of Christ. That's true, and I suppose that is the uh, the author's intention too, yeah. to to convey that uh, that truth of you know it's it is it, it's going to happen uh, because you know it it did a lot uh, and and mm-hmm. and uh, but uh, that when if and when it does uh, it is not meaningless uh, right there is meaning here so. Um, Anything else about this reading? Um, nope. <laughs> easily asked, easily answered. Um, <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. Um, our psalm reading for the day, Psalm 31, 1 through 5, and then 15 through 16. In you, O Lord, I seek refuge do not let me ever be put to shame in your righteousness deliver me incline your ear to me rescue me speedily be a rock of refuge for me a strong fortress to save me you are indeed my rock and my fortress for your name's sake lead me and guide me take me out of this net that is hidden for me for you are my refuge into your hand i commit commit my spirit you have redeemed me O lord faithful god my times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. Um, beautiful prayer here. Um, uh, yeah. Very, very nice. Uh, what do we know about, um, about this psalm? Anything? Um, not a lot. Okay. Um, I'm just double-checking. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. It's um, almost an anthology hmm. or greatest hits of other psalms. Interesting. So, so kind of a mashup? A mashup, yeah. That's the modern term for this. Maybe. I don't know. What are the kids saying these days? <laughs> you should ask a kid. You shouldn't ask Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, am of the older generation at this point. <laughs> um, yeah, it's... It's a psalm that has all sorts of callbacks and references to other psalms. So it probably was um, assembled either by someone who was frequently present at temple worship 
Um, and it, I think it would be a, a, a good guess to say it was a musician who was very familiar with the hymn book, mm. which is the yeah. book of Psalms. Right, um, right. And say, okay, yeah, there, these go together, these go together. Yeah, let's put some of this in. Um, and mm. create this, this new meaningful piece of music of prayer and praise um, out of the various ingredients that were gathered. Yeah, it is. It is. It is a, a, a beautiful uh, prayer. Like I said, I, I just love the um, the different. We're all it kind of meanders as far as like a. Uh, um, so so I can kind of see where you're where you're talking about it being kind of a, a little bit more of a mashup. Incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily. I'll be a rock. Uh, then we stop mm-hmm. talking about fortresses and refuge for a little while um but uh uh but uh, man that's really cool um yeah uh i had a question and now i've lost it and because it's uh, has all these other pieces of psalms obviously it's not one of the earliest psalms but also it draws from jeremiah so we know Hmm. therefore it's uh post-exilic it's it, it was put together after Jeremiah's work was written down and distributed okay. and therefore um, almost certainly after the Israelites were freed from Babylonia and allowed to return to the Holy Land and start to rebuild the temple. Hmm. So that makes it that makes it a very young psalm. It's not one of the oldies. Gotcha. Gotcha. Certainly, um, certainly, certainly, certainly not by King David. Oh, sure. Well, I feel like uh, we've we have covered at the at yeah some point that one. I that's the dead horse that I keep beating. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, uh, uh, there there continues to be a lot of uh, incorrect thought about that. Um, that's true. Uh, so uh, cannot hurt to restate um, the the the, the um, fact that the. A lot of these were were written well after his death, uh, yeah. So could not possibly uh, be. Um, the Davidic is the technical term you may be looking for. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not smart enough to have the technical term. So uh, I appreciate you trying to give me that, but okay. Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> um. Anything else about the, the, the psalm? I mean, it. it, it I, I love the information that it's kind of a little bit of a mashup, and and and. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. There's uh, too much. I mean, I guess I could ask what uh, is missing between five and fifteen. Why we skip it? But it would make it a fairly long reading, and I kind of get the feeling as though uh, it would be a lot of semi-repetitive. Uh, language is that correct? It yeah, it, it would be kind of R-rated um, for violence. Uh, why are we why are we reading this? <laughs> I mean, it's it's not quite my eyes are plucked from my head, but it's close. <laughs> I mean, we're we're doing a disservice. I mean, what's going on here? Why are we doing this? Okay, all right. Uh, uh, in what context? <laughs> I am uh, the particular could... butt of my neighbors, a horror to my friends. A horror? Horror, like horror movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, like, oh, okay, all right. I mean, um, I, the, I feel person, like a lot of my friends. And it goes on to that. describe how absolutely disgusting he looks. <laughs> it's See, the zombie I, song. You know, I. I <laughs> We, <laughs> this psalm just changed uh, by, by, <laughs> by sharing this information. Uh, this is a wholly different thing uh, yeah. now. Um, okay. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, tell me a little bit more about uh, how ugly he is. Uh, can, you, can you do that for me? Like, what, what does it say? Um, let's see. Um I am like the the dead. I am like an object given up for lost. Um, 
And in addition to being ugly, disgusting, and scary looking, the his friends um, are described as there's intrigue on every side as they scheme together against me, plotting to take my life. These are not your friends, dude. No! Like, <laughs> I, I don't think you know what that word means. <laughs> That's... Okay. All right. Well, uh, shame on the lectionary uh, writers for for not including all of this. Uh, I am, I am, uh, uh, I am hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hurt personally and deeply that uh, we we're not reading all of it uh, because, wow, it, like you suddenly gave this thing like uh, nine new layers to it, and I'm I'm kind of upset. Uh, well, and it gets. There's even another dimension to this psalm. Bruce, what are you doing to me? <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because after we stop, unlike most times when we have a jump in a psalm, it's it goes on after that. Let's see. Uh, to 20, to a total of 25 verses. Um, and a big chunk of what follows when we stop for on Sunday is... Um, essentially curses towards the people that have been treating the author really poorly and betraying them and the ugly one <laughs> yeah the the ugly one saying they're gonna get theirs aren't they god uh-huh 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 <laughs> let lying lips be stilled they that speak haughtily against the righteous with arrogance and contempt i i i I don't know what to say here. I am, <laughs> I am speechless uh, as to how much <laughs> the meaning of this psalm has changed over the well, course of this conversation. <laughs> well, and I have to admit, I remember the first time I said, you know, prayed this entire psalm in worship. It was not surprisingly <laughs> why I was in the seminary chapel and was one of those. What? Yes, we're going along. Wait a minute. Wait we, a minute. We were and we were probably even chanting it. So I'm you know trying trying to keep my chant going while there's all this stuff about this guy walking like a leper and then turning around going, Yeah, smite these ass jerks. I'm just I'm just imagining like the 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 traditional the Lord be with you. Yeah. Like that that thing. Yeah. And then you're just like and then and then you just go into like because I'm so ugly. Yeah. What is this song I'm singing? Oh dear God, help me! Yeah, that's kind of what it would These be. These friends are trying to kill me. Yeah. Uh, amazing. I like it. Let I their like lying it. lips be still. <laughs> oh, I could. I I uh, I I would redo uh, this psalm uh, and go go back through it, but we've got to move on. We do. Uh, shoot. Uh, so yeah, Psalm thirty-one. Read it in Re- whole and read ig- the whole thing. Ignore uh, ignore what we read uh, because it's way better. So if <laughs> way better. if on Sunday when it comes time for reading the psalm and. Ben or I see you pull out a book of common prayer so you can get the whole thing. Good on you. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly right. Um, so, uh, so amazing. My goodness. Um, but no right. snickering. No snickering. Uh, much, much snickering must be had. <laughs> then don't be near the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, all right. Uh, well, then let's move on to our gospel reading for the week. Uh, Gospel comes from John chapter 14, verse 1 through 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way as the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way the, and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. 
From now on, you do know, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and, in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. Uh... We have here the classic, and maybe it's a John classic uh, um, thing of uh, the disciples don't understand what Jesus is saying. It, like, it's it's not a unique theme in any of the Gospels. Okay, happens a lot. Happens a lot. Happens a lot. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to lie. Uh this is confusing. <laughs> I'm kind of with the the disciples. I mean, even with two thousand years of uh, potential, uh, you know, ponderance and contemplation, uh, there's there's this this is kind of hard to follow. <laughs> yeah. it is. It is. Uh, it, it's. It, you know, we're talking about you know. Uh, you know, father's house has many dwelling places and I, you know, if it weren't so, uh, why would I tell you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? Kind of makes sense. Uh, and if I go and prepare a place, I will come again and will take you to myself. What? <laughs> so that where I am, there you will may also be also. Like, you're going to take me to you to... Or if if you're taking me, aren't I already with you? Or is this just Ben being dumb? Uh, because I kind of I feel like this is this is challenging stuff, especially if you don't know how the story ends, which the disciples didn't really, even though Jesus kind of does, you know, does tell them. Uh, it, but if it's as cryptic as some of this is, uh, you know, they're not going to understand that. <laughs> Right, um, they're a little groggy after dinner. This is after this is after the Last Supper. Okay, um, yeah. So they're they're getting just a fire hose of theology and poetry um, that no one can blame them if they don't quite get it yet. <laughs> and, and yet we we do blame them. Like I, I feel like uh, the you know we we do have a tendency to fully blame the disciples we're like these bunch of idiots like how do they not how could you not uh <laughs> well okay to help everyone, hopefully to help everyone feel a little better about this in terms of trying to figure understand it there are a lot of scholars that think that this is one part of john that's been heavily added to mm. and so that has just and the outcome is making it more confusing. Okay. So, you know, it, it, it's, it's worse than a circular argument. It's almost like a figure eight argument. Um, yeah. It's or, very <laughs> circular speech. Yeah. Uh, and so that's one reason one, uh, there are various linguistic clues here that it's not all by the author of John. Um, and yeah, you know, so it, yeah, that's a hard. That's a probably not very reassuring way to say. So don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, that's not very reassuring. <laughs> um, but like, okay, verse seven. Mm -hmm. If 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 you know me, you will know my father also. Um, that probably was originally. Because there are some ancient texts that have other ways of saying it. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. 
Oh, okay. So that's to me anyway. That's a little. At least there's kind of a okay. You're talking about back then, <laughs> you're, you're, you're right? Talking. Right. If you'd have paid attention to yes. honestly, like if you'd have paid attention to what I was talking about, you'd understand this. Yeah, and that to me that makes the from now on you do know him and have seen him. That now makes a little more sense to me. Like, a, okay. Yeah. Now, now this is how that's how it was. That's how it could have been, but here is what it is now. Hmm. Yeah. Don't um, worry about it. I'm a little, I, I'm, I'm curious about the word satisfied in verse eight, whether or not that's a, a, a correct, like if there's a, a, a more. Um, Bizarre. No. <laughs> well, yeah. Another, another way to translate it uh, available here because. Ah, um, uh, actually, yes. Um The way it's translated in older translations, which usually are less accurate, but I think is more accurate, is it is enough. Mm, okay. Okay. Instead of satisfied. Yeah. So it, it, it'll it be enough like for us. A, you need to prove here. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd be saying kind of the similar to what Philip's saying here. Like, hey, uh, if we don't know the father, like, hey, show us and then I'll understand. <laughs> yeah, that'll be enough. That's Stop that. yelling at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to cry soon. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Um, Bring your mom in. She's nice. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, and do we... Do we... Like Thomas here says, like Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Um, do we, in John does he actually like? Uh, is there is there a period of time where he does? Uh, Jesus does specifically say, you know, anything that indicates like, hey, yeah, you should, you know, I said this back in chapter five. Verse <laughs> I feel like the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Weren't you paying attention? Um, I'm just double checking. Um, no. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not that I'm here to make excuses for, you know, the, the, the disciples, but um, not all their fault. Well, no, no. I'm just saying. I mean, all all four Gospels agree that none of this makes sense until after the resurrection. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And in many ways, in John, it's particularly disorienting that Jesus has been moving along, literally raising Lazarus from the dead by this point, mm -hmm. and then suddenly he's going to be killed. You know, it, it's right. just like what you know this this guy had literally every trick in the book and he's dead now so part of what we get to experience by walking through john is both the um disorienting dimension of mm -hmm. holy week and also the humbling aspect of it and this is part of the humbling that these guys think they, yeah, I think we're getting this now. You get to raise the dead. Um, you know, that's certainly a sign of something more than a prophet. Right. Um, and Jesus is now trying to, to prepare them for him being arrested within the hour. Oh, is it, are, are they, is it that soon? Uh, in, yeah. In, in, in where we in, are now in John, there's um, the last supper, just mentioned in passing Jesus washing the feet, Judas taking off. Then he has, I think it's three chapters of this speech. And then he's arrested. Hmm. Um, there, there isn't a garden of Gethsemane moment or anything like that. It's from here to jail. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a dramatic, dramatic shift. 
It's like, okay, yeah, okay, we're, you know, <laughs> where's the after party? Why are the Romans here? <laughs> right. Jeez. Uh, wild. Um, and and one of the things we, we kind of skipped over is how it starts. This chapter starts, do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. These are supposed to be the comforting words <laughs> of a very challenging Jesus, set I'm of speeches. Lie. This isn't helping. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It, and of course, John's always writing with uh, eye on what's going around John's life, which, you know, because this is being written about 30 to 40 years after the events. Uh, okay, right, right. So part of it is what do the followers of Christ need to hear this, you know, this coming Sunday? What should the sermon be to get them through this week? And of course, the Holy Spirit ups the content, but and that's that's part of what's happening here is mm -hmm. in John, Jesus, Jesus is giving a chance to say, to every follower throughout history to come what Jesus would like them to know as they're about to be arrested. Mm, okay. So it, it fits very well with the reading from Acts and Stephen's death. Yeah, no, it definitely does. Um, uh, I, I also feel though uh, like a, a, a little bit of time could be, uh, can be spent on, um, at least the way that it's translated or at least the way that John wrote it, uh, uh, some potentially dangerous theology here that we end with on this, on this, uh, on this reading. It will do whatever you ask in my name so that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask in my name, if in my name, you ask me for anything, I will do it. How's that working out for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I don't know, but I, I don't know if you have met any uh, folks in late the years after you said this, but uh, don't don't give them that. Yeah, <laughs> not a not a good idea. Um, so uh, kind of interesting. I, I kind of wonder if there's a, a more to that, or it, like if if uh, um, you had mentioned that there were additions later i'm kind of wondering maybe if this might be one of them although it could I, I, be i don't i don't see any reason necessarily why uh that would be added in later that it still feels like that was more of a more of a trap for for us years later well part of it is um a big part of it is if you are really asking in the name of god you're going to ask the right thing. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Um, and I wish it had been translated more. Well, I guess it does technically do that. Um, yeah. Okay. I just won't say what I was going to say because I would have been wrong. But yeah. It's... <laughs> <laughs> At least you have the foresight. <laughs> stop he's about to put his foot in his mouth yeah, that this these let's see which verses are 12 13 14 are about getting your entire being in the right place so that when you're praying when you're talking with god when you're listening to god it's all together and you can't help but say what's already in accordance with God's dreams. Hmm. Because part of what John, the Gospel of John is, is a work of wisdom literature, which seeks to get people's entire being in line with the wisdom of God, with the thought of God, God's thoughts. Mm -hmm. And isn't so set isn't so worried about liturgical practices and things like that so that's one reason why the last supper isn't spelled out in the gospel of john instead it's worried about getting getting your ears tuned to what is holy to the holy 
with a capital H and mm -hmm. therefore your mouth can't help but follow. And in a sense, you'll be talking to God using God's own thoughts. Hmm. So way different from the, you know, Lord, you got to buy me a Mercedes Benz theology. Right. 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 Interesting. Um, anything else about this, this, uh, interesting, <laughs> uh, um, um, this interesting speech from Jesus. Yes. Um, where is it? Ah, verse six, the famous, I am the tr way, the truth and life. No one comes to the father except through me. Mm -hmm. Modern conservative Christians thinks, think that means you got to make a very prescribed statement of faith in order for God to even listen to you. Ra yes. Rather than the truly Trinitarian perspe perspective and theology that I think Jesus was trying to say, anyone who's praying to God, Jesus is there. You don't need hmm. to summon Jesus into the room to be the translator. Because, gotcha. you know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are always one, even as they're three. And so for all of everything in terms of time, Jesus has been there. Hmm. God, God, the creator has been there. God, the Holy Spirit has been there. All three simultaneously. Hmm. Yeah, I have to admit, I've never liked, um, I've never liked that, uh, that line because of uh, how it ends up getting used. Oh, um, so abused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, uh, um, what was I going to say about that? Oh, uh, I've, I've always personally thought of um, because of how radically different Jesus was uh, in his ministry and the, how he presented things and what he uh, expected um, of us as a result that I've always, I always thought that, that was more a statement on, um, Hey, it, it's, unless you start doing things the way I'm describing them, it's not, you know, you're kind of doing it wrong. Like I, yeah. I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me and what I've been sharing with you and showing you. Um, and we've, we've taken it to be a more of a statement about like, Oh yeah. You know, you've got to believe, you know, this is Jesus saying you have to believe uh, in, his name specifically or otherwise it's not right right and it, yeah it 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 can be seen as the quality control statement for um egotistical christians mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that like like you were saying unless you're living the life that jesus lived which very few people do very few followers of christ do right. um don't count on being right. <laughs> yeah. Step up, step it up. And, uh, I can tell you, I don't count on being right very often at all. So <laughs> well, not to toot my own horn, but I think I'm doing it right. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both Jesus and Buddha would be proud. <laughs> there we go. See, that's, that's what I, th those are the folks that I want to impress. Um, uh, anything else? Uh, better wrap it up, I guess. All right. Well, then let us wrap it up. Uh, this was, uh, we'll call to a close. This is your podcast for May 7th, 2023, the fifth Sunday of Easter in year A. Uh, and uh, we look forward to worshiping with you uh, this coming Sunday in person at 8 and 10 o'clock. Uh, with a nine o'clock educational hour for all ages uh, in between. The 10 o'clock service will be broadcast live on our YouTube channel, HFEC Videos. Uh, and uh, uh, we should have a brand new soundboard uh, so you can actually hear. Um, Yay! <laughs> yes! Uh, technology always bites the dust eventually, and ours 
has. So uh, uh, apologies for the past couple of Sundays, but uh, we should we should be uh, back up to uh, regular broadcast strength uh, this Sunday. So uh, hold me to that and watch me disappoint. Um, but... <laughs> Not intentionally. Daddy, uh, I thought we were going to the zoo! <laughs> Actually, if nothing more, please uh, please pray for this to work. <laughs> I will take your prayers here. Um, but uh, but uh, uh, we definitely look forward to worshiping with you however it works for you and your schedule and your family. And uh, until next week, I'm Ben. I'm Bruce. And we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Bye.